Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Thursday, December 21st, Ian Cameron, and we are joined by a special guest here today, first time make, on the show making his Ice Guys debut from Plano, Texas, hockey player Matt Robinson, avid sports better, NHL better uh, as well. Matt, thanks for joining us, and not only thanks for joining us, thanks for convincing me to have a little afternoon libation and a little booze here with me on the show, which I don't do very often, but you said, hey, I wanted to have a a, a, a swig of beer during the show, and I'm never going to say no to that. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to be here. I'm glad I could convince you so that I didn't have to have a beer by myself. But, yeah, super excited. Been watching the show for a while and uh, happy to jump into it. No, no doubt. Happy to have you. So talk about how Matt Robinson got into his love for hockey growing up, how you got into playing hockey and the years you've spent playing hockey, all that good stuff. Tell our audience. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in the uh, in the Dallas area, Plano, Texas, to be specific, about a half hour north of Dallas. Um, I'm a 92. I'm 30 years old. I'll be 31 actually on Saturday, so birthday's coming up. Um, but so I was, you know, three, four when the when the Stars moved from Minnesota, and then obviously they won the Stanley Cup in '99. I was seven years old. Uh, that really kickstarted hockey, not just for me, but the, the whole town is a or the whole city of Dallas. I think at the time there was maybe one rink with two sheets of ice. And I think now there's upwards of 10, 11 rinks, all with two sheets. Uh, so I grew up playing youth hockey in Dallas, ended up playing juniors in the North American Hockey League for a couple of years. Um, also spent some time in the AJ out east, um, the Atlantic Junior Hockey League, not to be confused with the Alberta League. Uh, and then I ended up just playing club hockey at the University of Arkansas. Thought my competitive hockey was over after that. And uh Ended up jumping on a team out here in Reno, Nevada, playing a little senior A. So still playing hockey, um, still loving it, but uh, also getting into sports betting over the last couple of years as well. So, No doubt. What was it like being uh, playing at Arkansas? I'm fascinated because Arkansas Razorbacks, I mean, we know football, basketball, huge. How did it feel like with the hockey? Was was there, you know, a rabid following, even if it was a smaller following? Did you, when people were going to the games there at Arkansas for your hockey team, it was it was probably the people that truly, truly loved hockey and had the passion for it, right? Yeah, yeah, it was great. We had some great local fans, um, obviously a decent following from the school. Um, our rink was a little bit off campus, so that was always tough getting people out there. But when they'd come, they, they definitely were loud. Uh, we played in a smaller arena, so it wasn't super hard to pack. And um, my first year there, we were just a Division Three club in the SEC. So obviously, anytime Ole Miss, Alabama was in town, you know, we had a good crowd. And then we ended up moving to D1, where we played in the same conference as like Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Colorado State. Um, so that year, obviously, some bigger name schools in the hockey world and then also some awesome road trips out west. So, um, but yeah, it was great. But obviously you grew up in Texas, so you became a Dallas Stars fan. And you're part of that movement, Matt, that I assume where hockey started to really become more popular uh, in the state and in, obviously, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. 
uh, with the uh, you know emergence of the Dallas Stars moving there from Minnesota when they were the North Stars. They go to Dallas in the mid-90s, and it doesn't hurt either that they were a pretty good hockey team right away in the mid-90s, leading, of course, to the Stanley Cup victory in 1999, beating the uh, Buffalo Sabres. The now Hall of Famer, of course, Ken Hitchcock, uh, head coach of that Dallas Stars team. Now, you were only, if I'm not mistaken, seven years old at the time, uh, that they won that Stanley Cup back in uh, 1999. Any memories whatsoever of that era, of that team specifically? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously some big names on that team. Joe Neuendijk, Madano, Brett Hull had the game winner. Um, some big, brutal guys, Matt Machuk, um, Craig Ludwig, who I actually played AAA hockey for. He was one of our assistant coaches. Um, Belfour, of course. So there were a ton of big names. They were, I mean, they were for lack of a better term, rock stars there in Dallas for that, uh, that bit, they were kind of the veteran team, the bad boys, um, Zuboff, you know, guys like that. So it was huge. Yeah. And, and he was unbelievable. I mean, that guy would play 35 minutes a night, you know, no problem. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. And, and I think to your point, that really kickstarted Dallas hockey. And so the guys that were six, seven, eight years old at that time, you see guys like Blake Coleman, Stephen Nason in the NHL, got both of them on my cards tonight. So, um, you know, it's sort of triggered hockey. Um, and I think that my age group and, you know, maybe the year or two on each, each side kind of really got started. And now you're seeing Dallas produce guys that are in the draft each year. So it's, it's been awesome to see. You know what's been crazy is that you're not. You, we have like multiple viewers and listeners of this show that are Dallas Stars fans. It's uh, like actually, I think of all the fan bases. Like if we had to tally up which viewers and listeners, you know, which uh, of them had the most, you know, the, which team they cheered for the most, I think Dallas would be up there as far, among our fan base. You know, we have a lot of Stars fans in our viewers and listeners. Now, obviously, there's a shit ton of Leaf fans, so that's not surprising at all. A few Montreal yeah. fans, uh, you know, a Buffalo fan in our chat, real deal. I'm a Buffalo fan growing up, Sabres, uh, my team. And, uh, yeah, we're heartbroken from that 1999 uh, series. And it uh, doesn't matter the sport. Dallas just beats Buffalo head-to-head in these uh, big-time uh, in these big time uh, series uh, or big time uh, sporting events, whether it's a Stanley Cup final, whether it's multiple Super Bowls in that same decade when Dallas uh, beat Buffalo, the Cowboys over the Bills. So just pretty crazy. Uh, Dallas is just uh, Dallas likes playing Buffalo. Well, in the championship scenarios, playoffs, they do the. Uh, just this past weekend, I don't think the uh, Cowboys enjoyed playing the Bills all that much. But that's another story there. Um, but, yeah, cool stuff. Um, and talk about just your team. Well, actually, you know what? We'll save that because they're on the card. You can talk more about the uh, Dallas Stars uh, later on in uh, just a bit. But how about uh, sports betting, that side of things? You're into it. Uh, how's that been going, and how long have you been into it? Yeah. Um, so I think coming out of college, um, which would have been 2018, sports betting sort of started to – Take wind, obviously being out in Nevada now. I there's casino sports books with made the right decision. Walking. You gotta get the hell out of Texas. <laughs> Texas is dragging their heels, and I know there's tons of people I know frustrated about how the state of Texas hasn't gotten with the times yet. Yeah, and there's rumors Mark Cuban's hoping to bring sports betting to to Texas. That's what I'm hearing. So um, but yeah, got into it a little bit. Um, you know, nothing insane. It's it's always been kind of with fun money and um but I found, you know, initially, I think I was betting more football, college football. Um, and then I kind of found that, you know, I have a little more insight in hockey. I watch a lot of hockey games. So, you know, if I'm going to throw on a game with two teams that maybe I don't care about 
deeply, you know, you throw the over on all of a sudden you're a fan of both teams. So I think that's been kind of what the turning point for me. And, you know, it's something I enjoy doing for sure. And now you've stumbled upon this great hockey betting show that's on seven days a week called The Ice Guys that's even going to get you into NHL betting even more than you already are uh, in all likelihood. And uh, just like all our viewers and listeners, uh, it's been a great run. Let's recap last night, and then we'll we'll put Matt's handicapping acumen to the test here on this massive Thursday card, and it is a huge one uh, for sure. But briefly on last night, and we're just going to go quickly through last night's games because we got a huge card to uh, talk about today. Um, credit to the uh, Washington Capitals pulling out a close one against the New York Islanders. But the headline uh, uh, development from that game is yet another winning wager with the draw in a New York Islanders game. Draw Island, Thailanders, whatever you want to call them. It just continues to pad our wallets with these plus 350 uh ticket winners uh, on the draw. It's just been a phenomenal run uh, betting these Islanders games to the draw. And it was great to see that come through a three, two win in overtime for the Capitals in that game. Uh, Winnipeg taking care of business against, wow, a struggling Detroit Red Wings team just can't get out of their own way, but there's a lot of issues right now. Um, obviously they've been missing Perron. That's not an excuse. They've got, they should have enough up front with Debrinket. Larkin's back now. Patrick Kane had a pretty good night, but unfortunately the defensive side of the puck is where things are going south for Detroit right now. Five on five defense hasn't been good enough. Penalty kill has struggled. And when you're down two goalies like Lyon and uh, Huso, both of them injured, it's going to be a bit of a a tricky spot to be in. And James Reimer now has to play every game. And, you know, he's on the downside late. Uh, stages of his career he's well into his 30s now and Winnipeg had, did a pretty good job getting to him last night what another great performance from Gabe Velarde and I did have a piece of over one and a half points at almost plus 400 for uh, Gabe Velarde last night like never mind screw the scoring a point like take the over one and a half points take a shot with that on Velarde right now at a big plus price because he's got multi-point games now on many occasions since this hot streak started He's been awesome. He gets a goal and an assist last night uh, in the victory for the Jets. So he just continues to play at a very high level for them as they take care of Detroit. And the Seattle Kraken, nice win for them. Two to one over the LA Kings last night. I did take a smaller piece of the draw in that game. Just fell short. Uh, But Seattle gets the uh, two to one win. What a performance from Joey Decord. I think he's the one you got to thank for winning that hockey game. He was spectacular. 41 saves uh, in the victory. LA was pretty much the team that had controlled the play, heavily outshot, heavily outchanced Seattle. They had the puck more often. They were in the offensive zone uh, more often. Uh, and uh, it was just a gutsy win for Seattle. You know, they did get outplayed, but sometimes when you have your goalie rise up and steal the show, like Joey Decord did, you're going to be able to win some of those games. So credit to Seattle. They also caught L.A. in a you know back-to-back situation. They played in San Jose uh, the night before and then back home in Seattle. Uh, I'm not going to use that as too much of an excuse for L.A. And L.A. can't be too disappointed. They played well. They just couldn't beat Joey Decord, who had an exemplary night uh, in that. Matt, do you have any thoughts from the uh, three games last night? Yeah, I think you covered it well. Um, I was pretty surprised to see Washington beat the Islanders. I think the Islanders are playing well, but I do think Washington's kind of turned things around. Um, in that second game, I, I had Winnipeg minus one and a half, so that was a nice little hit. Detroit, as you mentioned, they've been struggling. I don't know what's going on. They were so hot early, and then, you know, things kind of skidded off. And then uh, I caught the first half of the Seattle game, ended up going to bed pretty early, had some early meetings. But um, Joey Decord, 
ASU Sun Devil. My little brother plays hockey down there. So uh, always love to see him be successful. Um, and he's another guy, not only does he stand on his head and win them games, but he loves to play in overtime. I think he's like eight of his last 12 starts have gone to OT. So, so never a bad draw for him. That's a great stat, man. Look at this guy came prepared. He's throwing out the number of game, the starts that Joey Decord's made and how many of them have gone to overtime or a shootout. This is a guy that's ready to go here uh, <laughs> on the Ice Guys show here in his debut here, Matt. Well done. Um, here's a question. I'll throw it out to you because I've had this thought percolating in my mind during this little run that Decord's put together. When Grubauer gets back, do you maybe go 50-50 with the goaltending? Like, I mean, Grubauer hasn't been you know consistent this year. What do you do with your goaltending situation when Grubauer is ready to get back if Decord keeps playing like this? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. Obviously, they've invested a fair amount of money in Grubauer. He's you know his paychecks are maybe a little higher than Decord's, but I think with goalie you just got to go with the hot hand. So I think you still ease Grubauer back into it. But if if Decord keeps playing like this, it's going to be tough to to not give him the favorite on at least the majority of starts, and then you know, see how Grubauer reacts to back-to-backs and things like that. Yeah, you know what I find, uh, Matt, is that um, these days coaches, if they if the goalie's out, their number one guy, and he comes back, but the backup's just been in this incredible red-hot streak and zone, and he's seeing the puck well and he's playing well, then definitely I think you're seeing the coaches more. Let's, let's give this guy another couple of starts before uh, we put the uh, number one guy back into the uh, lineup. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the decision Dave Haxtall makes if it comes to that, no question. All right, let's get into it. It's a big Thursday slate, 12 games, and we will begin with a great matchup here, uh, a matchup of recent Stanley Cup champions. Of course, Tampa Bay went back-to-back a few years ago. There was Colorado in between, and then there was Vegas, the Stanley Cup champions last year. So it's a great matchup here, Golden Knights and Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 120 home favorites, six and a half being the total in this game. I don't know. It's a tough game here because you got Tampa Bay better at home this year. Uh, No question, nine, three and three compared to just six, 10 and two on the road. Uh, Coming off a six to one shellacking over the uh, St. Louis Blues, just dominant for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning from start to finish the other night against St. Louis. A very impressive uh, performance and talked about Gabe Velarde being red hot for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, what Nikita Kucherov is doing right now, it's just absolutely astronomical. Two more goals for him the other night in that victory against um, St. Louis. It's almost like he's guaranteed to score two points every night right now. I mean, can even bet the over one and a half points in every Tampa Bay game with uh, Kucherov this year. <laughs> you're, you're up. Yeah. You're up money. You're, you're profitable. That, that much I can tell you for sure. Uh, so he's been absolutely terrific. Uh, it looks like tonight, as far as goaltending in this game, Keep an eye on this for Vegas. This team just cannot avoid injuries at the goaltending position. Aiden Hill's already out, and his return is unknown at this point when that will be. It's day-to-day, week-to-week. And then Logan Thompson a- ends up getting injured uh, and it, for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights in the uh, game against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Now, he was uh, not able to finish that game. Uh, Patera uh, ends up coming in, and that's the guy that's next up. So you have no Aiden Hill. You have no Logan Thompson. It's likely going to be Yuri Patera who's going to get the start in net tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, this is just going to be his third appearance of the season in minimal duty. He has a three goals against average and even three 917 uh, save percentage uh, this season. So we'll see how he fares here. What a time to uh, make your first official. Actually, I think he's made one start this year. Yes. 
but his second start of the year, and it comes against a guy that's been arguably the best goaltender in the NHL for the last decade plus, and Andre Vasilevsky. So interesting matchup here. I mean, I like Vegas usually. Um, conceptually, I like Vegas off a loss usually. You like the elite teams when they lost the previous game I, for a bounce-back effort, bounce-back performance. But you look at this Golden Knights team, and while they are 5-2 and two in their last seven, you know, they struggled to get past San Jose, needed OT. Same with Calgary at home. They lose to Buffalo. Uh, they beat Ottawa 6-3, but Ottawa's obviously been reeling, and they just fired, of course, DJ Smith. And, and then at Carolina the other night, I thought it was very disappointing. Now, Thompson didn't play great, but they didn't play. That was one of the worst defensive games you'll see Vegas play the other night against Carolina. So I like usually to back really high-quality, elite-level teams, the best teams in the league off a loss. Usually they respond the right way. But, man, with Yuri Patera, a little bit of a wild card. We'll see how he plays in this game. I'm not so sure I trust him uh, right now. I actually lean over, believe it or not, uh, in this game just because of the fact that I don't love it. There's other totals I like more than this. But, you know, Vegas, 6-3, 6-3, 5-2, 5-4, 5-4, 6-1, 6-3. I mean, they've gone over the total now in uh, seven straight games. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Patera's a bit of an unknown. We see in the St. Louis game, Tampa Bay, when they're on home ice, they're capable of scoring, and they have put in 13 goals in their last three home games uh, entering tonight. So I do lean a little to this over. Uh, maybe a small bet on that. Uh, do lean to Vegas. I probably won't bet that, though, because I want to see more of what Patera can bring to the table. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Vegas-Tampa. Yeah, obviously two teams that hit home in a negative way as a Stars fan, um, but both both great teams. They've proven that, you know, over the last four or five years. Um, I'm definitely going to take the over. I think Tampa at home, they, like you mentioned, they score on fire. That place gets rocking. They just keep, the goals just keep the coming. Um, I do think Vegas can put up some points. I'll probably take the first period over as well on that game. And then I saw it in the chat, but I love Tampa team total over three and a half. I think it's plus 130. Um, you know, if they do end up winning the game, I think they score four rolls, no problem. So, yeah, I like, uh, I'm, I might talk myself into a small Vegas bet. Everything's going to be smaller here. I don't love anything. Every, I'm lukewarm on this game. So I'll go Vegas, smaller bet, over smaller bet. And I think I might sprinkle on the draw, Matt, because I'm looking at this right now. You look at the series history. Uh, two of the last three meetings have gone to overtime or a shootout. Three of the last four head-to-head meetings, Golden Knights and Lightning here in Tampa Bay, have gone to overtime or a shootout. Three of the last four. So this is not my favorite draw candidate, but you can make a case for it. And I'm going to uh, sprinkle a little bit on it here in this one. All right, Carolina and Pittsburgh. Uh, we've got Carolina minus 135 road favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total. Uh, in this one, uh, interesting matchup here with the uh, Hurricanes who have been <laughs> all over the map, inconsistent uh, pretty much the whole season, but especially of late. They go through the four-game losing streak out west on that road trip. They wrap up the trip beating Detroit and Ottawa, start to look like things are back on track. And then they come back home. They lose consecutive games to Nashville and Washington. And then they respond and they beat the defending champs. Six to three. So your guess is as good as mine, what you get from Carolina one night to the next. They're not a team I'm interested in laying a price with uh, on the road right now. That being said, I'm not really all that enthused about Pittsburgh at the moment. Uh, they haven't played great hockey. One uh, or sorry, three and uh, five in their last eight. They had the four game losing streak. They beat Arizona in a good spot for them. Arizona was on a back to back. They barely escaped against Montreal in a shootout. That doesn't do a lot for me considering Montreal 
uh, you know, down in the standings. And then, of course, you've got Minnesota and Toronto, where they got bombed by Toronto, and, and they escaped with a win against Minnesota the other night. Didn't exactly play that great. So this is a tr- tricky game for me. It looks like as far as the uh, goaltending here, it's going to be Nadalkovich against Kochetkov. Um, you know, Nadalkovich Nadal- used to be with Carolina. You know, he gets to play his old team, and sometimes that's an angle where you get the best out of a certain player playing against uh, one of his former teams. So you've got that here with Nadelkovich getting the start for Pittsburgh. Uh, Pyotr Kochetkov in net. Thankfully, now it's his team moving forward in net about damn time. Enough with these uh, senior citizens, Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta. Uh, You know, Ranta is down in the AHL. Anderson's hurt. I never understood, and Alex and I have said this a million times on the show, I ne- we never understood why Don Waddell signed both of those guys, re-signed them both, um, Anderson and Ronta, when you've got this goalie of the future waiting in the wings here for, in Pyotr Kochekov. So I'm glad that Kochekov's finally going to get these opportunities. Uh, this is a pass for me. I don't pass on a lot. I'm a high-volume better, as you know, but not a lot for me on this game. Maybe I'll look at a few props. That's about it. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Carolina-Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's a it's a big question mark for me too. As you mentioned, Carolina, they're so up and down. They look great one night, they look terrible two nights later. Pittsburgh hasn't impressed me all season. Um, it'd be hard for me to take them straight up or or even get getting the puck line. Um, I think my only bet there is, as I mentioned, Stephen Nason, Plano, Texas native as well. I think I'm going to prop him uh, anytime point. Um, but yeah, I. The over at six was kind of appealing to me. It's now live at six and a half. So I think I'll probably stay off that game minus the prop bet. I love that. That's the one prop bet I like. And I've talked about Stefan Nason quite a bit. As long as he's on the top line with Ajo, you know, he's undervalued as far as his props go. Because this is an angle we've talked about, Matt, on this show, where what we love to target, or I'd love to target certainly, is the props involving the players moving up to the second line, moving up to the top line. You'll see the line mates that have been on the top line all year. They're like plus 130 to score a goal. The guy that's moved up to the top line to play with those guys, sometimes you get plus 300, plus 400 on them to yeah. score a goal. It's just such a great bet, such great value. Yeah, and he's great on the power play as well. Um, yeah. You know, he's playing with that top unit. He's in front of the net. Pucks are bouncing off his shin guards and in. So, you know, I love, I love him to get a point anytime tonight. And plus 360, he is at ESPN bet uh, to score a goal. 360 at FanDuel, 350 at BetMGM, 350 at PointsBet, 330 at DraftKings. So every book has him north of plus 300. For someone that's on the top line and is also going to get power play minutes for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, that's uh, outstanding value. Playing with Ajo and Jarvis as well. Uh, I do want to mention, uh, you know, Natchez, Kotkaniemi, and um, – and, um, Bunting on the uh, second line for uh, Carolina. Bunting's one of those players, he's streaky. He's starting to streak in the good direction again. Uh, five points in the last three games. He scored, obviously, in the last game as well uh, for Carolina. So, you know, he's someone that he scores his goals in bunches. And this goes back to when he was with Toronto and even before that to Arizona. He can go eight games, do nothing, and then all of a sudden rip off five games where he's got like six points and four goals. You know, that's often what you can get from uh uh, from uh, Michael Bunting. So we'll see if that carries over uh, here in this one. Uh, as far as a draw candidate here, you know, the, the Carolina has gone to overtime or a shootout in two of the last three games, but um, I'm not as convinced about this one being a draw as some other uh, games on the uh, slate tonight. Although with the goaltending matchup pretty even, I wouldn't rule out a, 
small draw bet for me personally in this one, but there's others I like more. Uh, Washington and Columbus. We've got the uh, Capitals minus 115 road favorites, six the total. Uh, the Capitals capitalized, no pun intended, on the uh, New York Islanders last night uh, on a back-to-back. Uh, and they got the job done, obviously, in overtime. Now they're in the bad spot. They're on the back-to-back tonight uh, in Columbus against the Blue Jackets, who have the uh, rest advantage. Blue Jackets just completely laid waste to the Buffalo Sabres. I'm disgusted. I was embarrassed as a, someone that grew up cheering for the Sabres, watching that unfold. An absolute shit show it was uh, for the um, Sabres in that game. We'll see if Columbus can build on that here tonight against the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, Washington, like I said, coming into this one after the win last night. You know, you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the one thing that concerns me is, and that's why this side is very, very tricky for me, um, they don't string wins together. And we say this all the time with these teams that are out of the playoffs and the weaker teams in the NHL, Matt. The reason why they're not very good is they're teams that just have a tough time putting wins together. And you look at every time Columbus has won a game recently, they've lost the very next game. Beat Ottawa, lose to Boston. Beat St. Louis, lose to Florida. Uh, hang on against Toronto 6-5, and they lose the next game to New Jersey. I mean, they just don't string wins together, Columbus. That's been their issue uh, here going into this game against uh, Washington. So that being said, Washington favored on the road on a back-to-back? No, thank you. Uh, So this is one. I do like this draw, uh, honestly. If you look at it, I think we've got overtime potential here. Washington's got a little draw uh, streak going right now where they have seen four of their last seven games go past regulation. So four of the last seven Washington games uh, have gone to overtime or a shootout. Uh, We've seen two of the last four head-to-head matchups with the Capitals and the Blue Jackets go past uh, regulation as well. So this is one of the draws I'm more interested in here on the uh, slate tonight. We've got a Charlie Lindgren-Elvis Merzlikens uh, matchup, by the way, uh, in between the pipes here uh, in this one for the uh, Capitals and the uh, Blue Jackets. Uh, with the total being six and not six and a half, I'm going to take a shot with over here as well, simply because we have series history that three of the last four have gone over, including some uh, really high scoring games. And in fact, in Columbus, four, three, seven, two, six, two, four, three in the last four games in this building at Nationwide here between these two teams. So uh, drawn over for me in this game. Uh, what do you like here, Matt? Washington, Columbus. Yeah, no, I also, I'm definitely on the over here. Um, that Columbus-Buffalo uh, game was hard to watch, but, oh, did I freeze? Uh, did we lose Matt first? No, we got him back. I think you're back. Am I good? Okay, you're cool. Good. I can hear yeah. you again. Um, yeah, so... Uh, after watching that Columbus Buffalo game, obviously you think Columbus is going to slow down a little bit. I wouldn't expect them to put up nine tonight, but with Washington on the back to back, I do like Columbus. Uh, I was I had the money line circled until you mentioned how they don't string wins together, and that is a little concerning. Uh, but love the over at six. I'll probably take the first period over just because it'll be some good juice at one and a half, um, and then two props. Um, I like Fantilli to get a point tonight. He's back on the top line, so look for him to bounce back. And then Merzlikas under, which I never take, under 27 and a half saves. The Caps had a great win last night. They went to OT, but I just don't foreshadow them. I think they'll score a couple goals, um, but I just don't think they're going to put up 30 shots tonight. So I might hop on that prop as well. 
All right. I like it. An under saves prop, uh, Matt, with the uh, I like it. The variety here uh, with the uh, player props. And uh, remember, the thing is, too, it, they could also fire 35 shots on net on Merzlikens. But if he gives up six tonight, you know, you could still cash that bet. So that's another thing. It's not just when you bet under saves props. I'll ask you this since because uh, I don't. I bet saves props, but I'm usually like with the totals. I'm always looking over or nothing. Usually I don't bet too many unders, but I'm sure with you, you factor in. It's not all about, I don't expect this goalie to face a high volume of shots. It, that's a, that's a component of it. That's certainly part of it, but part of it is maybe he will face a high volume of shots, but he's also going to let in a lot. So obviously you're not going to see as many saves if he's going to give up a bunch of goals. And of course, if he gives up a bunch of goals, there's always the risk. The coach pulls him uh, from the yeah. game. And obviously that's going to make things a whole lot easier for anyone that's betting an under saves prop involving a goalie. Yeah, that's, that's my thought exactly too, with, you know, Washington will come in with some momentum. They might peel off at the end, but if they score two quick ones, you never know. He might get pulled quickly. Um, Columbus's defense is nothing to, you know, write home about. So um, yeah, there were a, a number of factors. I, th I thought that was a little high for his saves. Um, I also would typically never bet the under, um, especially on a goalie save prop, but I, I liked that one tonight. So, All right, there we go, liking uh, that. And as far as props go, I'm with you on Fantilli. It makes sense. Top line uh, tonight with Dan. Danforth is another one. I want to throw Danforth's name out there. Uh, he's on the top line too, and initially he struggled to produce, but starting to see him chip uh, in a little bit for the uh, Jackets. And any of those Russians, I've said this over and over again, Shinnikov especially, he's been on fire, although he finally got, it's hard to believe, he was on this four-game goal-scoring streak, and it actually got snapped in the game against Buffalo where the team scored nine goals. And he didn't score any of them, Shinnikov. So that was pretty surprising. But uh, Shinnikov, Voronkov, Marchenko, take your pick, any of those guys, especially Shinnikov and Marchenko. They've been, uh, absolutely outstanding. So I, I don't mind props involved in those. And then for Washington, yeah, Strom has been great. Wilson's been great. I wouldn't talk you out of them. Hendricks LaPierre's got some skill. He did score last night. Keep an eye on him. Uh, Phillips and Mirashnichenko. Now, Mirashnichenko is someone that's a very good prospect for them. It's a great story, too. This guy was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, he got through the treatment, uh, got through it, and now he's back on the ice. So it's a wonderful story, too. I think he's going to get a goal at some point. It's a question of when, but I've almost committed myself to, we'll bet Miro here, Miroshnichenko for the Capitals uh, until he gets that elusive uh, first goal. You can get plus 400, plus 500 with him uh, to score a goal. So a big time price there. All right, Toronto and Buffalo. We've got the uh, Leafs minus 145 road favorites, six and a half being the total in this game. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating Watch here to see what the Buffalo Sabres have as a response to what was an utter disgrace and debacle uh, against Columbus the other night, nine to four at home. Players having to ask or answer, I should say, tough questions about the uh, job security of Don Granado, who's under the gun right now with the struggles of this team. Uh, this is a backs against the wall, cornered animal type of team. Let's see how they uh, fare here tonight against Toronto. And the one thing the Sabres always seem to do is bring their best against the Leafs, win or lose. They always seem to have one of their better efforts uh, every single time they play this uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team. Uh, you look at it, they've actually won five of the last seven head-to-head -head meetings, Buffalo, uh, over Toronto. Five and two they are against the Leafs the last seven. They've won each of the last two. The game earlier this year, the only previous regular season meeting this year in Toronto, Buffalo is a plus 190 
uh, underdog, got the 6-4 win uh, against Toronto in that game. So I would expect Buffalo to bring it strong here. I do like the angle of taking Buffalo in the first period tonight. I, I do like that. I don't trust them for 60 minutes. Why would I? I have seen them blow games. I have seen them lose leads. Um, and I think we could see that here tonight. But I do think in the first 20 minutes, that's the spot you want to target Buffalo. I don't trust them for the full game because Toronto's the better team. And you could see Toronto. And Toronto's been the kings of the comeback this year. Toronto's had a lot of comeback wins this year. So I think Buffalo in the first period is the better option because I do like the angle of them being embarrassed the other night. They play a team that they always are up for and they play well and they play this team tough every single time. So I like Buffalo plus 120 first period. I definitely like over six and a half. It's a juiced over at minus 140, but I still took over six and a half. I mean, every Buffalo Toronto game has been over. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Six, four, four, three, six, three, five, two, five, two, five, two, five, four, five, two. Every single one. I mean, we're nine and one, nine, one and one to the over here in the last 10, 11 meetings between these two teams. So uh, over six and a half, it's Samsonov and Levi, uh, the goaltending matchup in this game. And this is another draw for me as well. It's a first period Sabres full game draw for me. I'm going with both of those as well as over six and a half in this one. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Leafs, Sabres. Yeah, I like it. Um, I, uh, I've been confused with Devin Levi all season. I thought he was going to be a stud coming off last year, coming out of college. He obviously played great the, towards the end of the season, gave him a chance every night. But I, I don't know that it's his fault um, when when the Sabres aren't playing well. Um, but it's been a big question mark, so I'm definitely on the over. I do like that first period. I think you lose 9-4 to four at home to a, a non-playoff team. You've got to bounce back. Um, I like the first period over as well. Um, and then from a prop perspective, uh, Darlene is, is 10 in a row on over, over two and a half shots. Um, he's, he's hit on the last 10 games in a row. Um, I think it's only like minus 110. So I, I like that. It's good value. And then uh, it's hard to not take Austin Matthews to score a goal. I mean, it, it, the puck's going in. It doesn't even look like he's trying on half of them. Um, he's making it look easy. I think, is he up to 25 already this season? So um, Matthew's anytime goal is also only minus 115 on my book, um, which I think is great juice for the fact that he seems to be scoring almost every night. Yeah, he, he's been uh, he's been really good and he's in one of those zones. You can tell when he's starting to heat up that now's the time you start to ride the Austin Matthews props because he is another streaky uh, player. It seems like he scores. A, he can go. He can score in 10 games like 15 or 16 goals. But then he'll have six or seven where maybe he scores one. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what you get with Austin Matthews. It's uh, kind of an all or nothing thing. But when he's on this kind of a, a streak right now, uh, you absolutely uh, you could see it last for a period of time. And we've definitely seen that. There's a good prop game here. You're right. There's some good options here. Uh, Matthew Nyes is always undervalued as long as he stays with uh, Nylander and uh, Matthews on the uh, top line. Uh, so make sure you keep that in mind. Um, that's definitely worth a look. A lot of people noticing that David Camp has been scoring uh, a few more goals lately, although that was a few games back. He's gone quiet again. So, you know, that's that, that's a little riskier trusting him to find the uh, back of the net. But for me, you know, Dylan Cousins, J.J. Paterka, Jack Quinn, you know, expected to be a line here tonight. We'll have to see who's going to be on the uh, top line because there's a chance that Skinner, Jeff Skinner, uh, might be back here tonight for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And if he 
is back in the lineup tonight. He's likely going to reassume his normal position uh, with uh, Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And that would bump a, a, a player that I've cashed a couple of props with since he's been on the top line, Zach Benson. Uh, that would uh, knock him down to the uh, third line for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. So we'll see how that one uh, plays out tonight with the Leafs and the Sabres. All right, St. Louis, Florida. We've got the uh, Panthers minus 220, home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, we've got the uh, Blues, who decisively saw their uh, perfect undefeated streak since the coaching change come to an abrupt end uh, against Tampa Bay the other night. Six to one loss to the uh, Lightning. Now they've got to face a Florida team that's coming off a kind of a disappointing road trip. Uh, two and three, uh, they beat C Columbus and Edmonton, but they also lost to Vancouver, Seattle, and then Calgary, three to one. That was a game where I thought Jacob Markstrom played pretty well. Uh, now they return home for the first game off that uh, road trip. Not a great spot for Florida, but uh, I do think there's going to be an onus now on home ice to get back on track, and they do have a good home record, nine and four. Uh, this year, the uh, Florida Panthers. So we'll see how this one goes. Uh, not a lot here for me, uh, honestly, uh, in this game. Uh, Sidewise, totals, although I can make a case for over simply because four straight overs in the last four meetings between the Blues and the Panthers. So, you know, and on home ice, I could see Florida kind of having an explosion here uh, a bit on offense. If you start to look at the way things have gone for St. Louis these few games here with the since the uh, coaching change they did hold Ottawa to two goals but they gave up 34 shots uh they had the 4-3 win against Dallas but again they gave up three they gave up the six to Tampa Bay so Drew Bannister being behind the bench hasn't exactly led to terrific um you know defensive play from this team by any stretch of the imagination so if I were to lean I'd lean over the total but uh like I said it's a it's a like but not love uh, over here for me in this game. What do you think here uh, with this one, Matt, St. Louis and Florida? Yeah, I have a pretty similar perspective. Um, I could see the overhitting. I could see Florida having four goals in the first period. Um, I kind of see them as fairly even teams. And, and so that would likely lead to draw. But I don't, I think if St. Louis wins, it's going to be 6 2. If Florida wins, it's going to be 6 2. I don't know what's going to happen but I just don't see it being a close game. I, I tend to lean with you that, that Florida is likely the team here. I mean, you could play around with the puck line, but it's just plus 122, so not a lot of value to win by two. Um, but, yeah, it might be an over game. Maybe a first period over, I could see a couple quick goals, um, and then the over, you know, cruises into play. But, um, but, yeah, I don't really have anything circled, so it's kind of a question mark for me. Yeah, and uh, to be honest with you, I'm seeing Joel Hofer's in net, and he's had a bit of a struggle this year for the Blues. 3.14 goals against 8.93 save percentage for him going into uh, this game tonight. That's not exactly the numbers you want to see. I hate to do this again, but I'm, I'm just realizing it now, and I didn't see it initially when I first looked at this game. I uh, usually look at the series history and it gives me an indication of you know totals, trends, and draw trends in this case, but it's hard to ignore the fact that we have seen Five of the last six meetings, St. Louis versus Florida, one goal games, and three of those have gone past regulation, including each of the last two in Florida have gone to overtime or a shootout between the Blues and the Panthers. So, God, I hate to do it, but it might be another little draw sprinkle for yours truly there in that game. That's hard to ignore. That, uh, that, that, that fits the draw criteria. If there's a draw formula and a draw model, that one fits the criteria. 
based on those numbers. All right, Nashville and Philadelphia. We've got the uh, Flyers, uh, minus 115 home favorites, five and a half being the uh, total uh, in this one. We've got this Flyers team just playing outstanding hockey right now. Uh, Great run it's been for them uh, this year, including right now, uh, where they have gone uh, seven and one in their last eight games. Uh, And this team is the poster child of betting the draw right now. One of, you can't, you can't, of course, we know that Draw Island, the Thailanders, uh, a.k.a. the New York Islanders. We know the Toronto Maple Leafs have played a lot of overtime games, and that's why we're on the Leaf Sabres draw again tonight. Um, but this definitely uh, is a spot where, look, Philadelphia, You want if people want to know why we're draw crazy right now, or at least I am, you do the handicapping work every day on this show, and you look at the amount of times teams are going to overtime including this Philadelphia team specifically. You tell me you if if you want to don't if you don't want to bet the draw after seeing this. Philadelphia has gone to overtime or a shootout in a whopping 6 of their last 9 games. 6, okay? 6 of the last 9 Flyer games have gone to overtime or a shootout. And one of the games that didn't was one to nothing against Detroit. A regulation victory that almost got there. So, you know, uh, to me that it, and you, when you think of Nashville and Philadelphia, you think of, you know, tight t- when they're on their games, what they want, what Nashville wants, I think, is to probably clean things up defensively after losing five two to Vancouver, which snapped their four game win streak. I think that's where the focus will be. I think when you look at Philadelphia lately, they've been trying to win these, you know, close, competitive one goal games, and they've been doing a very good job of that. And like I said, they've been a magnet for going to overtime or a shootout. So, and and not just that. Look at the series history. We have saw we saw both uh, of the last two meetings go to overtime in Philly last year in February, two to one overtime victory in Philadelphia for Nashville. And then Nashville got a three to two overtime win earlier this season. Actually, just nine days ago, uh, it went to overtime, and Nashville uh, got a uh, two to one, a three two victory in Music City against Philly in overtime. So, uh, a clear draw choice for me here with the uh, Predators and the Flyers, and uh, nothing other than that. No, no side, no total for me. Uh, just the draw. I'm certainly leaning Philadelphia. I'm not stepping in front of this team, but after Nashville gets waxed by Vancouver the other night. I would expect a bounce. And the one thing about Soros, who will be in net, and he was in net for that game against Vancouver. It was definitely one of his weaker performances. He's been pretty good in bounce-back spots. So just the draw for me in this game. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Nashville, Philadelphia. Yeah, I think that's a good play. It's sort of a toss-up. Um, these are two teams that I had out of the playoffs in my preseason predictions, um, and both teams are right there in the mix. I know Nashville's a little tighter down in the central, but Philly's, I think, second um, in their division. So they're way over playing my expectations. So I think it's tough to take either of these teams as far as sides go. I do have a rule this season just based on the numbers that I've I've taken every over five and a half. I think they're um, anytime I see it, I feel like it's hitting. Um, a lot of times that I debate on taking it, it's four, two after one, and it's like it already hit. So um, I'll probably take the over, um, just a minimum unit, but, but yeah, I don't, I, I would lean Philly as far as who wins, but I think it draws a good play here. So I may sprinkle the draw as well, uh, in honor of being on the show. So, 
Yeah, in honor of it just uh, being a great bet lately. I mean, it's just been incredible how many draw bets. Uh, Alex, my colleague, who's away, he'll be back tomorrow, Alex. Don't worry, he's fine. He's in the chat right now. He's fine. He's not sick. He's he's not a <laughs> no crisis or anything. He's just back home. He's getting settled in Chicago, uh, spending time with the fam around Christmas. He'll be on tomorrow for Beantown Friday with uh, Jimmy Murphy as well, and then on Saturday as well, which will be our final show before the uh, Christmas break. He's good. Uh, so that you consider this, Matt, a system play, I guess, for you, right? Over five and a half. It's just a mechanical bet. How's it been going for you if you've been betting that way? Do you find you've been winning more than losing with those? Hey, I just see a five and a half. We bet over. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this season specifically, and obviously, I mean, I can think back to the last couple of seasons, you know, six and a half was common, but not as common as now. You know, you saw a lot of five and a half, a lot of six. There was a lot of toss ups. Seems like every game this year is six and a half. There are the exceptions, obviously, but uh, but yeah. So I've and again, it's usually teams like this that maybe have some low scoring games, good defenses, goalies can step up. But it, for whatever reason, anytime I see five and a half and I don't take it, like I said, it's it's three two four two after the first, and I'm kicking myself. So um, as of the last couple of weeks, I've been taking it every time. I feel like it's been hitting pretty often. I, I don't know the exact stat. Um, but yeah, it seems to be hitting when it is five and a half. So, all right. So there you go. Ballpark figure more wins than losses with the, uh, over five and a half mechanical bet for Matt Robinson here. Every time he sees uh, a five and, a half. and believe me, when I see a five and a half, I'm always tempted to make every excuse in the world to bet the over including last night, unfortunately, didn't work out with the Islanders and the uh, Capitals. Mm -hmm. That's something to keep in mind. Maybe we got to pump the brakes with the Islander overs because now that's two in a row that have stayed under. And keep in mind, they're probably only days away from getting both of their top defensemen back because they've been without Ryan Pullock and Adam Pellick, you know, two of their better defensemen on the blue line. And Mayfield, who's just a rock defensively, blocks a shit ton of shots. That That guy has seen more rubber than the dead skunks, if you will. Uh, Scott Mayfield with all the shots he's blocked him and Tanev they should have a uh, contest for who blocks more shots uh, for their respective teams Uh, but they're going to get all those uh, guys back pretty soon so uh, they'll definitely be excited to have uh, those three because it's hard uh, to be as good defensively when you've got three uh, starting defensemen uh, out of the lineup like the Islanders have but that is two unders in a row for them so it is something to monitor uh, moving forward Uh, all right next up we've got uh, Edmonton and New Jersey uh, this was supposed to be a glamorous matchup before the season started, and it's still pretty. I'm, I'm excited to see it, but these teams have definitely underachieved at times this year. Uh, they're even money here, minus one ten both sides, seven being the uh, total. Uh, now you know what it's like for me when I say uh, I kind of lean to an under. It usually means the game's going to go over. Look at that Ottawa Arizona game. I said ah, they're going to tighten it up with Jock Martin his debut. Uh, might be a good under spot, and the game goes over, and Ottawa can't hold the lead. Uh, so take this with a big time grain of salt when I say I kind of lean under. But I mean, when you look at the uh, last three meetings, we haven't seen any of them go past seven. We've seen a couple set uh, five, two, four, three, but we also saw four, one in Edmonton. You know, it's a New Jersey team that is coming off a three, two overtime loss against uh, Philadelphia. It's a Edmonton team that, you know, when you look at their recent road games, both of them three, one scores against the Islanders and the jets, I think trying to, you know, tighten things up a little bit. So, you know, it, it's just one of those situations where, you know, normally I think Edmonton, I think New Jersey, I think goals with these two teams and what the firepower they have, you know, Jack Hughes and 
uh, Jesper Bratt and Nico Hishier, Tyler Toffoli, Dawson Mercer and company on the on the New Jersey side. Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, uh, Evander Kane, Evan Bouchard from the blue line on the Edmonton side. But I don't know. It just feels like a seven with just the trajectory of these teams right now. It's not an automatic to go over the total. I would certainly be waiting for a live six and a half or even a five and a half. If I were to bet an over here, I think with these two teams tonight, as far as the goaltending goes, I don't mind Calvin Pickard being in net. Quite honestly, he hasn't been terrible in his few starts. Uh, you know, he, he was great against New Jersey. Remember, he beat New Jersey uh, back on December the 10th in Edmonton, four to one. He played great. Now, the last game against Florida, he started, he gave up five and they lost five one, but he also faced 39 shots. So Edmonton did not make life easy uh, on Calvin Pickard in that game. Uh, I would think that they're going to try to play a tighter brand of hockey. They certainly tried to do that against the Islanders uh, in that game. We'll see how it goes. Um, I have to lean New Jersey here. I just do. I mean, I think the Edmonton, you know, the Blooms coming off the Chris Knobloch rose. They had that nice little hot win streak after he took over, but they've now lost three in a row. Uh, 15 goals allowed. Defensive issues have started to creep up again. And more than anything, the goals have dried up again. Just one goal in each of the last two games for this Edmonton team. So other than maybe looking at a couple props, it's not a whole lot for me other than a mild lean here to the Devils at minus 110. What do you think here, Matt? Oilers, Devils. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the on the head. Uh, I would always, I when we decided we were going to do this today, I had that game circled as an automatic over, but just given how, you know, both teams have been playing, I do think things could open up. Um, I do like the idea of living it, but with my luck, Every time I try and live bet, you know, McDavid goes down and scores 40 seconds into the game. And then, you know, it's seven and a half and, you know, it goes upwards from there. I preach to our preach to my friend and colleague on the show, Alex. We've he's always been victimized. And even I have to an extent as well, where you want to bet something, you see it on the screen. There's a number I've been waiting for. And just when you're ready to lock in that bet, what happens, Matt? Yeah, goal happens and you miss your number and you miss your chance. Yeah, and that tends to make me feel like I should take the over um, because I've been burned so many times. It's like if I really feel good about it, you know, just go ahead and take it. Even at that seven, um, you know, you've got a good chance to push there if it is high scoring and doesn't hit. Um, I think both teams defensively just haven't looked good. Um, New Jersey at times, it looks like they're playing pond hockey. As you mentioned, they have great firepower up front, um, but not a lot of hitting out there. you know, so I think I I would tend to lean New Jersey. I think Edmonton's been playing better as of late, but with it being in New Jersey, I don't know. I I may just take the over just because it's seven, and you know, why not? Um, <laughs> but uh, and and I think the first period over will probably be two, so I might throw that into a first period over parlay. Hope it pushes with a couple other hits. I don't know. Um, I think it'll be a fun game to watch, but I just have no idea, you know, what to take on it. Yeah, I, I think, I think I might talk myself into New, New Jersey here because Edmonton's starting to slump again, and the Devils lost in Edmonton, you know, to this team a couple weeks ago, and getting to see Pickard a second time, you know, you'd think that would help New Jersey. They'll have a little more idea what to expect, his tendencies, the style in the net, uh, that kind of thing. So keep an eye on that here uh, in this one. Uh, against the uh, Oilers, so I may, may lean New Jersey a little bit. There are some props I like on both sides for Edmonton. Um, 
when I look at, <laughs> excuse me, Bouchard, you know, still, I think, undervalued as far as to score a goal. Nugent Hopkins is up with McDavid and Hyman, and it looks like Kane, Dreisaitl, and Fogle. So maybe a look toward Fogle moving up to the second line for Edmonton. Uh, for New Jersey in this game, Andre Pilat with Heeshear and Bratt on the uh, top line. Howla as well. They're a little bit undervalued. Howla with Hughes and Toffoli. I really think Eric Howla's got good value uh, right now uh, in this one. So that's a good point about J uh, Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes had the turnover that Owen Tippett capitalized on in overtime in the loss to Philadelphia the other night. So over one and a half points or something, any kind of Jack Hughes props, you're right. That's a, that's a player that takes, you know, umbrage when he makes a mistake and he always wants to be better the next game. So you can see that. And I'll throw one out there that's bargain bin worthy. Uh, Michael McLeod. I know he's on the fourth line, but he has scored in back-to-back -back games. He's been among the better forwards these last few games for New Jersey, and he's plus 650. That's right, plus 650 at FanDuel to score a goal tonight. Michael McLeod, Mikey McLeod, as a lot of people call him. Um, really good player, hardworking player. Uh, you can keep him on the fourth line, but you can't keep a good man down. Uh, he's finding a way to make it happen right now for the uh, Devils, Mikey McLeod. So there's not a bad option there if you're looking for value. All right, next up we've got, look who it is. It's Matt Robinson's favorite team from his home state, the Dallas Stars hosting the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Dallas minus 140, home favorite, six and a half the total. I know Alex loves the goal song for the Dallas Stars in their home games, but done by Patera, uh, Pantera, I should say. I'm thinking of the goalie for Vegas. Pantera. <laughs> Pantera, the legendary uh, rock band. Dun, dun, Dallas, dun, Stars, dun, dun, Dallas, Stars. Uh, it is great. I love it. I love it as well. Um, I think we might have uh, met someone that loves it just as much here. Matt on the show. Uh, I'm sure he's heard that uh, a handful of times uh, watching <laughs> Dallas Stars games over the years. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple. We're not going to overthink it, overcomplicate it. One of the best bets in the NHL for the last few weeks has been first period overs with the Dallas Stars. We're talking 10 straight. We're talking 19 and five uh, in the last 24 Dallas games that have gone to the first period over 10 straight, 10, 10 in a row, 10 and 0 to the first period over uh, for the Dallas Stars in the last 10 games. So uh, that's clearly what I'm on here in this game. Alex likes it as well um, uh, with uh, Vancouver, Dallas, first period over minus one and a half. Uh, you can get minus 130 at Pinnacle, minus 135 at Bet 365, minus 135 at Caesars. So those are the books that have uh, one of the best prices with that. Uh, this could be one of those games, too, where you get the goals early and then it slows down late. I could see that. And look, the Vancouver or the Dallas-Seattle game the other night was almost like that, where you got the two goals for the first period over and then it almost stayed under. And it would have stayed under if not for that Seattle tying goal by Tolvanen in the, 20, with the, in the final minute of that game. Uh, so uh, otherwise that full game would have stayed under. So uh, yeah, first period over uh, in this one. I got to admit though, and I don't want to make uh, our guest upset, but there's no way I'm taking Dallas with Wedgwood in net at this price. I definitely lean Vancouver here at, at plus 120. Uh, I thought they played a pristine road game against Nashville. They got the lead and then they were outstanding with their team defense. Once they got that lead uh, against uh the Predators the other night. And to me, I just don't see consistent 60 minutes from Dallas right now. Even the Seattle game, the strong start, they let Seattle back into it. They let Seattle tie it. Uh, it goes to overtime. So I think Vancouver or nothing for me here at plus 120. Good prop game 
uh, as well. Mikheyev and Pius Suter, who is up on the top line now with Pedersen. This is a move Rick Tockett just made recently, and Pius Suter has uh, three points in the last two games, and he got a goal and an assist against Nashville. So a Pius Suter prop uh, for uh, Vancouver is a good look. Mikheyev as well. Hoaglander with Miller and Besser. I think it's not a bad option as well. And here's one that's crazy to say this, but you know who's actually starting to really heat up? Dakota Joshua. <laughs> Dakota Joshua has four points and three goals in the last four games for Vancouver. And then on the Dallas side, like I usually stick to the same group. Uh, I like my Mason Marchment props, my Matt Duchesne props, my Sagan props, and my Pavelski props. Usually it's one, some of those, that combination of four players for Dallas that I like their props more than anything. Uh, Matt? You're the Stars fan. What do you think for them tonight, Vancouver-Dallas? Yeah, a lot to unfold. Obviously, that's the game that I will be watching the entire 60 minutes or extra if we end up with a draw. Um, love the overs lately. I've been doubling down on the actual over and then putting a single unit on both teams to score. As much as Dallas starts hot, they seem to give up a goal in the first five minutes of every game they play. Um I do like the over, but you do make a good point. They seem to have hot first periods, and then things kind of slow down, just like the, the Seattle game. Um, when it comes to props, and and as far as, as the sides go, obviously I'm on Dallas. I think Wedgwood's 7-1-2 and two this year when he's in net. Um, so it's tough to uh, tough to bet against him. He, he gets a lot of shots. He gives up a few goals, but they somehow find a way to win when he's in net. Um, as far as props go, I know Quinn Hughes is one and six in his shot under. I think Dallas doesn't take a lot of penalties, and they do have a pretty exceptional power or uh, penalty kill. Um, so I I like that. I think it's two and a half. You know, I I assume he'll get a shot, maybe, but um, one and six in his last seven. And then I'm the same way with with the with the stars. That Duchesne Sagan Marchman line. Duchesne was a big question mark signing. Um, obviously, Dallas fans were excited. A lot of other fans were saying, you know, what a waste. He just got bought out. For the value that they signed him for, he's made Marchman a better player. Sagan looks the best he's looked since, you know, maybe his Boston days. Um, so that line's flying. Another sneaky bet that you you can get some good odds are Ben to get a point is plus 100. I think um, – you know, he seems to show up against the Western Canadian teams. He's a Vancouver Island boy. Um, I love that prop for tonight. I'll, I'll definitely be taking that. And then uh, Wyatt Johnson has had a, what seems to be a quiet year. He's put up 20 points, 19, I think. Um, he's 20 years old, so he's in his sophomore year. Um, but he's been kind of under the radar, so I think you can get some good odds on him sometimes. In some games, he'll explode from a shot's perspective, so sometimes a shot bet, if you can find it at one and a half, it's a steal. Um, but yeah, I love, I love the first period over. I love both teams to score. I know Vancouver has some firepower. I don't think either team is exceptional on D so far this season. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's a, you know, eight to two Dallas win, but, uh, in reality, I think, you know, it could be a four, two, maybe with a, with an empty net pushing it over. So, um, yeah. I'll be uh I'll be all over Dallas uh, per usual, but I will put in that Quinn Hughes under bet as well to make me feel like I'm taking some Vancouver, even though it's hoping for less shots. <laughs> it, it, to me, it feels Matt like, and this is not this is not me being anti Dallas. This is the odds makers being anti Vancouver. 
I mean, plus one twenty right now for this team. Like, what am I? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? Is this some kind of team that just should be treated like an absolute, um, you know, fraud? I mean, they're, 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 it's almost like they think Vancouver's is a complete fraud, pricing them mm-hmm. like this. Like, this is a team that is playing great team hockey. They've played this way. They're twenty two nine and two for fuck's sakes. Like, what do you want from this team at this point? Twenty two nine and two. They got a good enough road record. Ten six and one. Uh, they've had a great home record, but the road record's above 500. They've won more than they've lost on the road. They're uh, six and one in their last seven games coming into tonight. They've won seven straight head-to-head meetings against the Dallas Stars. That's another thing. Uh, Dallas just hasn't been able to beat this team. Like this is just to me disrespect, disrespect. Mm-hmm. As my colleague on the NBA show that I do on Pub Sports Radio says, Dutch, that's dis motherfucking respectful. That's exactly what the odds makers are being here uh, with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So for me, that's a very hard proposition to turn down, getting them plus 120 right now. With Demko in net, by the way, tonight say, as yeah. well. With Thatcher Demko in net uh, as well, who's had an absolutely outstanding season. He's in the Vesna conversation right now uh, if the season uh, were to end today. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to add on a little Vancouver, and I certainly like the first period over as we've been riding that. Uh, No question. All right, Montreal. And by the way, the props, I mentioned them already. So we can move on to Montreal and Minnesota. Minnesota minus 180, home favorite, six the total here in this game. Uh, Minnesota, credit to them, man. That was uh, after the loss to Pittsburgh the night before. They played Boston. Uh, A Boston team that's kind of struggling, was looking to bounce back. And Minnesota gets the win, 4-3 in overtime uh, against the Bruins. I cashed the draw with that. And we're starting to notice now, we're seeing identity start to form with this Minnesota team under John Hines. It's a team that really plays a lot of close games right now, and we are seeing that. Look at what we have seen from this team, really, uh, as of late. Um, We've seen 2-0 against Vancouver. They lose a 4-3 one-goal game with Edmonton. They did have the shutout against Seattle, but Seattle was struggling at the time. And since then, 3-2 Calgary in a shoot over Calgary in a shootout. 2-1 over Vancouver in a shootout. 4-3 4-3 loss in regulation, but a one-goal game against Pittsburgh, and then 4-3 overtime win against Boston. So we've got Minnesota playing tight, competitive hockey night in and night out with their opponent. we got a Montreal team that they've won two in a row, three of their last five, um, back-to-back wins against the Islanders, and a very nice road win for them against the Jets uh, in overtime uh, in the recent meeting. Minnesota's owned them six straight meetings that they have won uh, the Wild over the Canadians. Um, so I don't know if I like Montreal, but I lean that way. I think the price is a little bit too high for my liking on Minnesota with what we've seen out of the Habs lately. It's going to be Sam Montembeau and Philip uh, Gustafson, uh, your goaltending matchup tonight. Still Spurgeon Brodine out on the blue line and also Matt Zuccarello for the uh, Minnesota Wild, which is uh, unfortunate, obviously. He's one of their better uh, players, one of their top six forwards. Six goals, 22 assists, 28 points in 28 Uh, games this season so he's been a point per game player for the minnesota wild uh, and he's out now uh, long term uh, due to an injury for the uh, wild so there's a little shake up with their lineup combinations tonight minnesota it looks like the uh, top line is going to be kaprizov ericksonek and boldy felino rossi and hartman now is going to become the uh, second line uh, for them uh, tonight in this one i lean to montreal but i absolutely like the draw uh, here in this game this is definitely to me a draw candidate uh, with this matchup, Canadians and Wild. Again, shop around. We always point out FanDuel is the book primarily where you want to be betting the draws 
with these NHL games because the prices there seem to be better than anywhere else as far as betting the draws are concerned. So at FanDuel, for instance, with this Montreal-Minnesota game, you can get plus 360 uh, with the draw in this game. It makes sense to me. Minnesota, they've gone to overtime or a shootout in three of the last four games, and all four of those games were one-goal games decided by exactly one goal. So uh, absolutely, they're a draw candidate. And Montreal, three of their last five games have gone past regulation. So they've been in a little mini uh, overtime or a shootout mentality uh, in the last five games. So draw for me with Canadians and Wild. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Montreal, Minnesota. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I had draw circled. That's of the of the whole slate. This is probably the one I'd pick. Um, I would lean if I was taking money line, probably Minnesota. But like you mentioned, there's minus one eighty. Montreal can very easily win this game. So usually when I'm back and forth like that, I tend to go draw. Um, and especially, you know, being on the show, you're the draw king. So um, I think I'm going to go draw here. I I don't hate the over at six, but I could also see this being a 2-1 overtime win. So I'll probably stay off the, the over. Um, with Boldy playing on that top line, I, I like Boldy anytime point. Um, I think he he struggled through the beginning of the season. Once the once the new coach came in, I think that kind of helped his confidence a little bit. You know, maybe getting a fresh start. Um, he looked great in the playoffs against Dallas last year. I mean, they they struggled to put points on the board, but he was all over the ice. So, um, Boldy anytime point and draw would be my play from this one. Yeah, uh, De- Boldy, and I'll throw one out there for Montreal. This guy couldn't find the back of the net worth a damn, and just couldn't buy a goal for all season, really. And all of a sudden, here he is now with three goals in the last two games for Montreal. And I say ride it again, Josh Anderson. He's found the he's found his way uh, for the Montreal Canadiens all of a sudden. And that's the way it works. That's the way it works. You go like 15 games without a goal. You can't buy a goal. You hit the post. You hit the crossbar. Goalie's robbing you blind on a nightly basis. Uh, you miss the net. You, you shank a shot. Whatever the case may be, there's just all kinds of opportunities and the puck just doesn't go in. And now all of a sudden for Josh Anderson for Montreal, here he is with three goals in the last two games. So go with ride the wave. You still get a great price, by the way, plus three forty for him to score a goal tonight. So uh, absolutely, um, you know, worth a look as far as the um, player prop market here. All right. The Ottawa senators who did not get it done in the debut of Jacques Martin as the interim head coach and Daniel Alfredson, the senators legend, as an assistant, they're taking on Colorado. We've got the Avs minus 170 home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Um, and I ranted about this because I had Ottawa first period and a little bit more on the full game with Ottawa the other night. That game they blew to Arizona up 3 nothing. They end up losing 4-3. And I said after that loss on yesterday's show, for Jacques Martin, he's used to being playing a defense-first system. When they get a lead, you sit on it, you defend, defend the lead, and that's it. You just try to park the bus. Well, that doesn't work in 2023. They've eliminated obstruction. They've eliminated the, all you know all the ability to hook and hold and do all that shit you could do pre-2004 lockout, which is when Jacques coached Ottawa the first time, late 90s and early 2000s. This is now an era of hockey, Matt, where you, know, you sit back that much, you're going to pay the price for it. You've got to still maintain some level of aggressiveness, some level of pushing the attack offensively, even when you have a three-goal lead. And they didn't do that the other night uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. What made me happy was hearing Jacques yesterday 
after practice on Ottawa's off day, say and admit we got we can't play that way in terms of we can't just sit back, sit back, be passive. We do have to try to generate offense. I was relieved to hear him say that because I think he even realizes, look, I've coached that way my whole life, but there's there's too much skill. There's too much talent. There's too much ability now in the NHL and speed, you know, to say we can just sit back and protect the lead and not try to attack and go for a fourth goal when we're up by three. So I think he even admits that, you know, we've still got to at least try to keep the uh, foot on the gas pedal a little bit more. And another thing, too, that Jacques Martin doesn't have on this team, Matt, he's got Shabbat, whose defensive play has declined, even though I like him as a skater and a puck mover on the blue line. He's got uh, Bernard Docker, who's a prospect that just hasn't developed at the level and the rate the Ottawa Senators hoped he would. And then they've got a bunch of middling defensemen like Zub, and they've got uh, you know, Brandstrom hasn't really progressed as much as you would think. And they've just got a bunch of middling defensemen. Jacques Martin, when he was coaching Ottawa at all those playoff years uh, with them and great teams, he had Zidane Chara, who was just coming into his own as a shutdown, rugged, physical defenseman. He had Wade Redden, who was excellent, both ends of the ice, offensive and defensive defenseman, and fucking uh, Chris Phillips, who was one of the best all-time shutdown defensemen in Ottawa Senators franchise history. In terms of shutting down opposing teams as a defenseman, I think Chris Phillips is number one in franchise history. I don't think there was anyone better at doing that than Chris Phillips. Uh, so he doesn't have anything like that on this team, uh, on the blue line. So that's the thing. You want to play Jacques Martin hockey. Well, can you do it with this personnel? Can you do it with this uh, feeble bunch that you have right now on the blue line? I'm not so sure. So it's a work in progress. He's got to try to drill the system in, and he's got to do it on the fly because they're on a road trip right now. So it's not easy uh, for Jacques trying to get this team to, to you know, just be sound and be sturdier in their own end right now. That being said, Colorado is not a le- – yeah, let's lay minus 170 with team right now. You know, they're not playing great. Devon Taves just called out various unknown members of the team saying, you know, some people on this team that think they're playing well, they're kidding themselves is what he said after the loss to Chicago the other night. They're not playing with the kind of confidence and dominance that I trust at minus 170. So what I'm going to do here is maybe I'm a glutton for punishment with this Ottawa team that, you know, did me wrong with the full game the other night, but I'm going to go back to the well with Ottawa here, but in the first period again, like I had, because that's the period they did play well against Arizona. They showed up in the first period in that game. They got out to that 3 nothing lead. Um, I expect now after blowing that game, blowing that lead to Arizona, that we should have another, in theory, good first 20 minutes from Ottawa. Focus, intensity, knowing they coughed up that lead the other night. So going to go back to the well with Ottawa first period, but I think I'm going to just pump the brakes with first period. I don't think I'm going to do full game. First period only because I don't know if I can trust Ottawa again for a full game. And to be honest, they blew it to Arizona. If they blew it to Arizona, they can blow a lead on the road tonight if they play that way again against a team like Colorado. So I'm going to go with the first period here on Ottawa at a nice plus price here on the money line in this one. Um, and total's tough because I think long-term Ottawa's going to play some unders because of this coach. But again, we saw them blow a lead. And if they're going to blow a lead tonight, how can you trust an under? You know, so it's tough for me with the total, but I'm going to look at Ottawa first period in this one. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Ottawa, Colorado. Yeah, I think those are some great points. I think, um, you know, I do think Ottawa comes out with a hot start, but at the same time, I've seen, you know, player call outs and interviews. I was going to mention the Taze comment. Um, I've seen that work wonders. Um, it's happened a few times in Dallas in the last 10 years and, and things really come back quick. 
Um, I think both teams to score in the first might be my play as opposed to Ottawa uh, money line, just because I do think Colorado will have some jump. Uh, they are at home, the Mile High City. It's always a bit yep. of an advantage. I actually like there. that. I like that. Um, I agree. I think that makes sense. So the first I, period, both teams to score. Yep. Yeah, and I think I do think Ottawa will come out strong after the loss. I do think Colorado comes out fast. Um, as you mentioned, Ottawa's defense. There's nothing exceptional from a shutdown perspective. Um, I think Sanderson's a great defenseman. You know, kind of a Kale McCarr style player. You know, heavy in the offense, skates the puck well. Um, I don't think either goalie has blown me away at any point this season. Um, so that will be my play. I might sprinkle the over. Um, I'm kind of back and forth on it. You mentioned parking the bus. Um, as a as a Stars fan, when Rick Bones was there, he obviously took the team to the cup. Um, he was great in the playoffs. They were sort of built for the playoffs, and I do think you can play that style a little more in the playoffs. You can get away with a little more from a penalty perspective. Um, but I know that a lot of Stars fans would agree with me that it was frustrating a lot of regular season, you know, going into the third up 3-1, 3-2, and then all of a sudden they're in overtime, just playing too defensive. Um, so I do think Ottawa will maybe snap that tonight. I think he may push for them to stay on him, um, which would lead me to maybe an over, maybe a 3-3 draw. I don't know. Um, I think... I, I wouldn't take Colorado given the minus 170, minus 175, depending on the book. Um, but I sort of lean Colorado to get the win. Um, but I, I think this one could go go high scoring. So I'll probably jump on the over and definitely both teams to score in the first. Yep. I, 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 after what I saw against Arizona, I, I could only lean over. Uh, but my thought process is when he starts to finally drill in this uh, better defensive process with Ottawa you'll eventually see unders but it might take until they get home for them to start to figure it out because it's tough to like it's still a new system and it's still a coaching change on a road trip especially a long road trip out west like this so that's why I said people are saying after the Arizona game I'm not betting on Ottawa the rest of the season well you can never truly act that way uh, and say that because it's a long season there's going to be ups and downs smiles and frowns you know, for every single team. Uh, and maybe you just got to give Ottawa an opportunity to get back home after this road trip and then let Jacques Martin work with some practice time with the team and see if that maybe gets things going. Yeah, it's a good angle that Cuban mentions in the chat here. McKinnon is two goals away from 300 uh, in his career. So uh, what that means is, uh, you know, he's at 298. If you think he uh, goes the extra mile to get that milestone tonight, two goals for McKinnon okay. at plus 600. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. It's not bad. We see that um, quite a bit. And you're right, most of his goals are at home. So, you know, uh, definitely. He does uh, seem to score in bunches as well. It's yeah. uh, like if he scores in a game, him scoring two is not unheard of. So yeah. I like yeah, that. It makes sense. It makes sense. Miles Woods picked it up offensively lately for the uh, Avs. So he's not a bad option. And then Ranton and then Tushkin, we've talked about them ad nauseum. They're continuing to just be cash cows for the player props on the uh, Colorado side. It's been a little bit more spread out lately for uh, Ottawa as far as their offense uh, lately. Uh, so we'll see how it goes for them tonight uh, in this game. Uh, I certainly thought Chikrin would make more of an impact against uh, Arizona's former team the other night, but it didn't happen. Kubalik, you know, is a streaky guy. He's got three goals suddenly 
uh, in the last six games. So maybe there's an option for his props tonight. All right, we got two games left. Calgary, Anaheim. Calgary minus 190, road favorite, six the total uh, in this game. Now, this is one of those situations where uh, going back years and years, if not multiple decades, um, and you look at uh, series history here, Calgary has absolutely dominated Anaheim here in Anaheim. Uh, it's been pretty crazy to see it. Uh, no question. They have just owned things here uh, in this uh, building. We'll see if that continues here uh, tonight against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. But Anaheim, look, credit to them. Uh, just in an awful funk. Uh, five-game losing streak. I think they were 1-9 and nine before the five-game losing streak ended. Uh, and then they get back-to-back -back wins to end their recent road trip against New Jersey and Detroit. So credit to the uh, Ducks for that. It's an Anaheim team that's had their struggles. They're still without Mason McTavish, still without Trevor Zegras. Uh, Lucas Dostal uh, confirmed in net tonight for the Ducks. Uh, we should see Jacob Markstrom back in net for Calgary. He returned uh, against uh, Florida uh, in the last game for the uh, Flames, and he played very well uh, in that 3-1 win over the uh, Florida Panthers. So We'll see if he can keep it rolling here tonight uh, against the Anaheim Ducks. But the price has just gotten way too carried away now. I mean, if certainly it opened minus 145. That's a price where even I might be interested in Calgary a little bit. Not now at minus 190. And it is Anaheim coming back off a long uh, road trip on the East Coast. So it's not exactly a great spot uh, for the Anaheim Ducks necessarily here coming back home off that road trip. And look, home ice has not been kind to the Anaheim Ducks either this year. They have more road wins. Than they do home wins seven and nine on the road, just five and 10, the Anaheim ducks this year uh, on home ice. So uh, this is one of those games for me that not a whole lot of interest side or total for that matter, probably a pass. Maybe I look at a prop or two. And even then the prop market for me is kind of tame in this game. Well, other than Sharon Govich, you have to go back to the well uh, with Igor Sharon Govich. I could make a case actually for Coleman as well uh, for the uh, flames, Blake Coleman, if you look at him the last few games, three goals in the last five games, he's actually on a seven-game point streak right now for the yeah. Calgary Flames. So Blake Coleman, Igor Sharangovich, uh, props involving those two players, certainly uh, like both of them here in this game for uh, Calgary. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Matt? Flames, Ducks? Yeah, I've uh, I've got Coleman over a point. It's hit eight of the last ten. I've, as you mentioned, it's seven in a row, eight of the last ten. Uh, love that because I do think Calgary is the better team. Um, I think Calgary wins this game pretty easily, just given the history. I don't think it's worth taking them at minus 190 or anything, um, but I do think they go into Anaheim and win this game. Um, and if they're going to win, Coleman, I, I like him to have a point. Um, I thought about the over a little bit. Since it is six, this might be one that you live at five and a half if there's no scoring early or, or maybe even get it at five, 10 minutes into the game. Um, Cause again, I sort of, I think Anaheim will get a power play goal here or there. Um, I think they maybe put in one or two, um, but I think Calgary could easily have five or six goals on their own tonight. Um, so that might be a play. I don't love the first period over. I don't think either team is necessarily like hot starts goal wise. Um, so I may end up just playing Coleman's over point or over half a point. Um, I want to say it was even money when I last looked. So eight of the last 10, even money. Got to take it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Adam Henrique, people liking him in the chat. I can't disagree. I thought, look, product of that was the hat trick against New Jersey. And I'm like, well, he always 
does well against New Jersey. I, I think he hates that team because he's always <laughs> dummying them and he's always beating the living fuck out of them. Every time he plays New Jersey, he's like scoring goals in bunches. He becomes like, you know, friggin' Mario Lemieux for crying out loud when he plays the New Jersey Devils uh, in recent head-to-head meetings. I thought, yeah, he just had a big game against New Jersey. It's not going to be the start of a goal streak or anything or a big-time you know, offensive surge. And sure enough, he gets a goal and an assist against Detroit the game after that. So now we have to treat it like it's a nice little offensive surge right now for Adam Henrique with six goals in the last five games, seven points in the last five games for uh, Anaheim. So uh, definitely liking, uh, I I agree. I'll hop on that prop too with Adam Henrique uh, in this one. No question uh, about that. Uh, Brian uh, Tortorich in our chat saying, get that Bud Light out of your hand, Matt. How do you know it's Bud Light? (laughs) Is it Bud Light? It is. That's, I don't know how. Wow. That's, I don't well know done, how anyone Brian. knew that. Here. <laughs> I don't think you have even flashed the bottle in your hand. Um, no, I haven't. I think it's just been the glass, but maybe just because it's so light. You got yeah. a one in three guess. It's either a Bud Light, Miller Light, or Coors Light. So, yeah, it's probably one, one of the three. Beers. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I will not ever drink uh, at any point is light beer. It's always got to yeah. be either your, you know, your Labatt Blue or Molson or craft stuff. And the craft beer is filling. Holy shit. Some of those yeah. craft beers. I've had a craft beer from my brewery here in Hamilton, which is an hour west of Toronto, 10% ABV. 10. Yeah. The, uh, knock, you on your, knock you off your feet if you just have a half a, <laughs> half, a half a mug of that. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Reno team I play for here, the Reno Ice Raiders, um, we've actually got a brewery in town that brewed a hazy IPA for us. So I have those in the fridge and I thought about, you know, doing a little uh, product placement, if you will. But given it's 1230 my time, I think if I have a couple hazy IPAs, I might be in bed by four o'clock and miss the whole slate. So uh, I'll stick to the light ones just because it's midday. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, ch- uh, chilling on Guinness. Yeah, that's more of a St. Patty's Day beer. Like I'll, I'll, I always get Guinness around St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it's just a tradition. I have Guinness beer there. Uh, sure. Lord love a duck. Cherish his mashed potatoes. <laughs> Lord Lovadok. Yeah, the, the uh, St. Patrick's Day, no doubt. Uh, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and champagne for Alex and Miller Genuine Draft. Alex likes that. That's a good choice for Labatt. Real Deal Prime, if not Labatt Blue, Maximum Ice Labatt. Yeah. 7.1%. Yeah, I've had that before. That's good. Good choice. Good call. Uh, that's a good thing. We've got our viewers and listeners, Matt. I was t- t- talking to you about this earlier, but yeah, when we have our bet casts, we're all drinking, we're all booze hounds on the bet casts. And, uh, Matt might be joining us for a few of our bet casts in the new year. So, uh, yeah. we're definitely uh, looking forward to that. It's right up his alley, as you can tell. So, uh, and we're excited to have more, uh, live bet casts with the, uh, Ice Guys show coming up in the new year. All right, let's wrap it up with the final game of this uh, Thursday slate, Arizona and San Jose. We've got the uh, Coyotes minus 150 road favorites. Uh, The total in this game is uh, six shaded to the over uh, in this matchup. Uh, These two teams just played recently in the uh, desert, and it was one of those um, sleepy games, uh, quite honestly. Uh, Very tight uh, defensive battle. Uh, between these teams, one nothing Arizona just a week ago at uh, the Mullet uh, in uh, in uh, Arizona. There, one nothing Coyotes. It actually snapped a three game win streak uh, for San Jose in the head to head series. Uh, the Sharks are starting to look like one of the worst teams in the NHL. Like they started out the season uh, all over again. They had that magical carpet ru- magic carpet ride, if you will, on that road trip. Beat New Jersey, give the Rangers a battle, lose six five. Miracle comeback wins against uh, the Red Wings and the Islanders. Nearly come back to beat Vegas. 
but losing a shootout. Have that win coming back home from that road trip against Winnipeg, two to one. And then they go on the road against Arizona, Colorado. They lose those games, one nothing and six two. They come back home uh, and they lose to LA, four to one. Lots of travel, too. Look at all those road games since the late part of November. They have been traveling to their next game. Like they had the six game road trip, back home for one game against Winnipeg, back on the road for two games against Arizona and Colorado back home against L.A. So this is going to be the first time for San Jose in over a month that they've played back-to-back home games with no travel. So that has been a absolutely grueling uh, schedule here for the uh, Sharks. Um, I I would say if I had to take some position in this game, it would be Arizona to uh, win it once again. But minus 150 with this team on the road, no. I'd be more interested maybe, uh, depending on the goaltending matchup here, and maybe a team total for Arizona to the over potentially over three and a half at a nice price, but I don't love it. Don't love anything really side or total necessarily in this game, a lean to the coyotes team total over three and a half at a plus price. I'd rather that uh, plus one ten or so with the uh, coyotes team total over three and a half rather than minus one fifty. Um, but in this one, nothing much more than that total uh, is kind of tricky because if you look at the head to heads, we've seen a, Good mix of overs and unders. San Jose's been kind of trending back under three of the last four games after that over streak they went on on the road. I find with San Jose lately, it's been unders at home, overs on the road uh, with them. So we'll see if that continues. And then for props tonight uh, in this game, um, I would look, Alex Kerfoot, it looks like, is up on the top line tonight uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And actually, he moved up there against Ottawa uh, in that game. Um, and he's, and his ice time has been getting greater. He's gone up to like 20 minutes the last few games. He's got points in back-to-back games. So Alex Kerfoot, goal, assist, any props involving him makes sense. Maybe you look Michelli and Kraus on the second line. Now our guy Michael Carconi, Matt, is someone that we have been riding with his goal props for a long time. And regression might finally be starting to hit this guy. He's now scored, or gone without a goal, I should say, in four straight games. So... We'll have to park the bus for now on Carconi because it looks like finally he's cooling off a little bit. It looks like Vimalka and Blackwood, by the way, going to be the goaltending matchup in this game. All right, Matt, what's your thoughts here? Final game on the slate, Arizona, San Jose. Yeah, um, it's a. I tend to lean over after a 1-0 loss. Um, but as you mentioned, at six and a half, or I guess it's six live now. It was at six and a half on my I kind earlier. of agree with that. I've seen that before. Whatever happens in the – if it's a recent head-to-head meeting, like it happened a week yeah. ago or two weeks ago and it stayed under, sometimes you'll see that next meeting go over or vice versa. The first meeting goes over. Sometimes that second meeting stays under. I think there was an example of that. Leafs and – no, Leafs and Rangers still went over. It was going to go under, it looked like, and then all of a sudden we got that explosion in the third period. So – uh, sometimes you do get the same thing happening, but normally I'm kind of with you. Sometimes when yeah. it's a close, recent at dead meeting and one game goes under, sometimes that next game can go over and vice versa. Yeah, for sure. And I know Blackwood's a net. I do like the Coyotes to win this one. I I tend to agree that the team total over is maybe the play, um, especially if you can get it at three and a half at plus money. Um, a prop that I've got, so Nick Schmaltz has zero assists in his last 10 games. Um, and so it's kind of a toss-up for me. I mean, you you have to figure he gets on the score sheet at some point. Um, he's too good not to. He's been big for them early in the season. 
but it's tough to ride against a 10-game losing streak, so I might take the under on his assist, uh, minus 115. That's Nick Schmaltz. Um, but, yeah, that's really it. I mean, it's – San Jose seems to be sticking around. They, I mean, they're a gritty team. You know, you can find ways to compliment them. But they stay in games with more or less an AHL roster, it seems like. Um, I've got some buddies out here in Reno that are Sharks fans. You know, they're almost like, okay, we're bad enough that I don't even want us to win. You know, I don't want us to lose a top pick. Um, they're all kind of riding the stars for Pavelski to maybe uh, bring home a cup. But, but yeah, I mean, it's – I haven't had good luck betting in Sharks games in general this year. Um, every time I think that the under is going to hit, it's 7-2. to two. You know, every time I think, oh, they're playing L.A., it's a lock. L.A. is going to beat them. They beat L.A. 4-1. to one. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I think, if anything, I'd probably take the, the Coyotes team total over and maybe the over at six. Um, you know, maybe the Sharks get a goal in the first period, maybe a late goal, and you assume the Coyotes get three or four throughout the game. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always a toss-up play, and I I always seem to find myself – either up big or down big on the whole slate. In that late 7.30 game, I end up adding a few picks late, uh, which never works out well. Uh, <laughs> so I may stay off the game. I may take the team total for the Coyotes, but that might be my only play. By the way, Arizona plays Colorado Saturday, the final game before the Christmas break after this, and we know what to do with that Arizona-Colorado game. We, uh, if, not, if not bet Arizona, we bet the draw because they give Colorado a fit every time. Uh, they play the Avalanche, so uh, definitely the draws on the radar Saturday when Abs and Coyotes square off the final day before the uh, Christmas break. Great stuff, uh, outstanding show. We appreciate 250 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. Uh, Matt Robinson did one heck of a job in his debut here uh, on the uh, Ice Guys show, and I can tell you, enjoyed it. I enjoyed him being on because it gave me an excuse to drink beer. Thanks to him uh, mentioning he wanted to have a, a swig of beer uh, during the show. So I appreciate that. We also appreciate all of you being Patreon members, and it is so important. Now is the time to lock in your Patreon uh, subscription. Monthly $10 a month, patreon.com slash guys. The daily betting card for me and Alex, player props, all of that posted daily just before puck drop, 15 to 30 minutes before puck drop. Around the 6.30, 6.45 p.m. Eastern is when we get the, everything posted uh, every day. Uh, daily card post, uh, posted there. Uh, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, and more. We're going to do impromptu bonus live betcasts, bonus shows, bonus videos, Q&A segments, themed videos exclusive to Patreon members in the new year. So make sure you sign up there, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. And also check out the Ice Guys store, uh, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Get yourself some Ice Guys merch and gear for the uh, new year. All right, it is time, and this is Matt's first chance, to go to the bargain bin to go shopping and look for those bargain prices, the bargain bin special of the night. And Matt, of course, as you know, this is any player prop that you like that is plus 300 or better price. Uh, on this Thursday slate, uh, have you got one in mind, Matt, uh, for a bargain bin special of the night? Um, yeah, there's a couple that come to mind. Um, I, I really do like that McKinnon plus two goals, but um, I think I'm going to take Jamie Ben to score twice tonight, just given that he's playing against Vancouver. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. 
Um, I don't have in front of me what it is, but it's got a it's he's plus one hundred to get a point. So I, two goals has got to be what plus. I was going to say, how about we do this here for you? Uh, because there are some books that have Jamie Ben north of that plus three hundred threshold just to score one goal. Okay. So how about yeah, we play it safe? Because he yeah. does do well against Vancouver. That is true. That yeah. is, if you go back and look, he's done well in terms of finding the back of the net against the Canucks. We can give you at FanDuel plus three thirty uh, for Jamie Ben to score a goal. How's that? Let's do it. Yeah, that sounds good. There you go, Jamie Ben for Matt's Dallas Stars uh, plus three thirty. <laughs> for his bargain bin special of the night. Alex mentioned his bargain bin special already in the chat. Ryan Suter, he's been great at just targeting these Dallas defensemen. He's cashed with uh, Essa Lindell and Miro Haskinen lately to score a goal uh, from the back end for Dallas, and he's going with old man Suter here tonight to score a goal. 13-1 to 1 plus 1,300 at FanDuel uh, for Ryan Suter uh, to find the back of the net. So a huge, huge uh, reach down into that bargain bin for a for a for a deal for uh, Alex B. Smith for uh, tonight's uh, Thursday slate. Uh, for me with the bargain bin special of the night, I'm going to try to catch lightning in a bottle with this guy. I know he's down on the fourth line, but I'm not going to argue with the results. He scored in back to back games, and he's plus six fifty to score tonight. Michael McLeod, Mikey McLeod for the New Jersey Devils, plus six fifty. Look, he scored in back-to-back games, and I've seen these New Jersey games. He's in and around the goal crease, the blue paint, making life miserable on the opposing goaltender, getting in his grill, getting in his kitchen, getting them all fired up and agitated of the goaltender, and that's what you want to see from someone that you're looking to bet as far as finding the back of the net is concerned. So Mikey McLeod, New Jersey Devils, plus 650 for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, it is time to wrap things up for with best bets. Alex B. Smith's best bet, you know what it is. It's Vancouver-Dallas, first period over. Uh, minus 130, minus 135 is the best price you can get with that right now. Uh, that's the best bet for Alex. He'll be back tomorrow uh, on the show. Uh, Matt, your first ever Ice Guys show best bet. What do you got? It's tough be- because that would uh, that would probably have been mine. Um, I am going to go with, let's see. I think I'm going to go with the first period over in the Colorado-Ottawa game. That's the first, that's not both teams to score. That's the first period over, right? Yeah, just the first period over. All right, there we go. First period over with uh, Ottawa and Colorado. And look, it went over in the first period and full game the other night for Ottawa against Arizona. Uh, that is over one and a half, minus 150. Uh, best price out there with the uh, Sens and the Avs. Uh, first period over for Matt Robinson, his first ever uh, Ice Guys show uh, best bet. Um my best bet, uh, like I say, my best bets of uh, tread with caution. Obviously, it's been a slump, but we'll see what we can uh, go, what, what we can uh, deliver here tonight. I'm keeping it simple here. I'm keeping it simple. Every recent game uh, with the um, Leafs and the Sabres has gone over the total. Uh, I just can't envision it being anything different tonight. Now, you got to lay some juice uh, with the six and a half here. But I think it's a. I actually think the both teams to. I didn't mention this earlier about this game, but I think both teams to score in the first period. It's a pretty good look here in this game as well. But let's go with Leaf Sabers over six and a half minus one forty. That's Toronto Buffalo over six and a half minus one forty uh, for my best bet here for this Thursday uh, NHL card. That'll wrap things up. We appreciate everyone joining us, Matt. Before we uh, say goodbye and end the show, just some final thoughts from you. Uh, great first appearance. Hope you enjoyed it. 
Yeah, no, and I appreciate you having me on. This was awesome. Uh, it was great to have a beer in the middle of a Thursday, um, go through every game. I feel like there's a lot of exciting hockey on tonight. I'm hoping for a lot of goals because I'll end up on a lot of overs. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you having me. Happy to jump in anytime. Sounds like the bet cast might be a, a good fit for me as well. Um, watch some of the night games. And uh, and yeah, thanks again. It's been awesome. And especially here. being on the West Coast like you are in Nevada, like the, the, the main bet casts we have, we go right till the end of the night, like at 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Pacific when the late games uh, wrap up. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, you're welcome to join us for the bet cast. And we'll get you on a bunch of times on the daily show. Uh, in the new year again as well. No doubt you did a great job. You were well-prepared. You knew what you were talking about. You checked all the boxes. You passed the you, – we gave you a PTO, player tryout here, Matt, and uh, you're getting a contract, my friend. How's that sound? Fuck, fuck yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> there you That's go. Awesome. Exactly. You made it. You made it onto the team. You made the Ice Guys family. You made the Ice Guys team. Good stuff, Matt. Love awesome it. job. Shout-out to everyone in the chat. Thanks for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms for our special guest, Matt Robinson. We'll be seeing more of him in the new year. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow for a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 